0: Hello and welcome to the 13th Hour Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Blum. This is episode number 426. Today I thought I would do something a little bit different. I've been working on a bunch of things that I've either already talked about before or don't really make for great audio. I've been working on this cover for A Rocketeer Story it's mostly in Photoshop, and it's almost done. But it's there's not really a whole lot to talk about it. I actually did a previous episode on the beginning of it, but it's a mostly visual kind of thing. And at this point, it's mostly fine tuning. Uh, I'm continuing to work on this rocketeer or um, some rocketeer Lego figures, and uh, I have another idea for a uh, some more rocketeer action figures that'll go with that particular story. The cover goes with, um, but those are all things that. Uh, I've either talked about, like I said, or are not, they're not, they're not yet done, they're ideas. I thought I would do something that I haven't done in a while, which is to read from a section of the 13th hour, but I'm going to do it totally randomly. What I've been working on, like for example, that cover that I mentioned uh, is, is kind of slow and, and kind of tedious. And so I thought I would do something the opposite of that, which is sort of spontaneous and unknown. And so I'm just going to open up the book. I have a physical copy of the book right here. I'm going to open it to a random spot and start reading. And I'm going to close my eyes while doing it. So, okay, so here it is. I opened it to a section, this is page 208. It is towards the beginning of chapter 1, or chapter 1, chapter 21, called Rendezvous. And it is a section where the main character, Logan, and his best friend, Aurora, they are traveling and they have gotten to a part where they are under a tree. They're sort of like in a desert, they're under a tree, and they have just woken up from what they think is is basically a dream. One of the things that happened in this story is that they go to different parts of the world. Uh, four, sort of four corners of the earth, so to speak. And there's technically a fifth corner that they go to, which is the land of dreams. And in the past, I think I've talked about this idea of five different elements. I think it came from esoteric Buddhism, and uh, you'll see it sometimes in Japanese uh, martial arts, for sure. Uh, there's a sort of similar one in Chinese medicine, but different elements. The one that I'm thinking of, however, is the one where it is Earth, wind, water, fire, and void, and the void being the fifth and sort of last or final stage. I, I talked about this in the book uh, that is comes. It's technically a sequel to this, but it is an, more of an interlude because it takes place in chapter nine called Empty Hands, and it's about Logan's training. And in that particular book, everybody has a different element that they kind of align with, and so. Logan lines with the void element, and here he is on his quest later, and having just gone to the land of dreams. So he is with Aurora, and they have just come back from the land of dreams, or or woken up from the land of dreams, so to speak. And uh, I thought I would start reading then, because that's where I pointed to. Aurora nodded. I was si- an I here, being Logan, is told from Logan's point of view at this particular point in the book. I was silent for a time. Seems a bit anticlimactic. Aurora laughed. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing, though. When we get back, I'm going to get a hot bath and lie in the water all day and then eat a huge meal. Speaking of which, I'm starving, aren't you? Yes, but I'm always hungry. Well, let's find the nearest town and get something to eat. Stock up for the voyage home, too. Up to this point, the quest was figure out the solution to eternal life, which they basically sort of, sort of did, uh, without going into too much details, and then come back and give that to the king. So they kind of think that their quest is done, but it's not really, but uh, of course they don't know that yet. So let's see, it says, good idea if we had money, maybe we can barter. Well, do we have anything of value? Well, let's see, I said emptying my pockets. Aurora dropped the book of poetry onto the sand. I noticed her dress was stained red in one corner. Aurora, what happened there? Oh, uh, the cut on my leg opened up again. I scraped it on something. I didn't even really notice. It's okay. You showed me the cut caused by the dragon. There was a long, dull red scab near the edge, a shiny red glob where part of the old scab had broken off. I whistled. I think that one's for life, I said. We'd better wrap it tight for the ride home. After that was done, we continue with our inventory. Well, there's our clothes, a pocket knife, a pot, sack, scroll, book of poetry, lightning and the trident. We need our clothes, the pot, knife, sack, scroll, and lightning for sure. Lightning is how they get around. That's the magical hoverboard. I'd like us to keep the book, said Aurora. Well, that kind of goes without saying, and I'd sure hate to give up the trident. It might come in handy yet. We still have a long voyage home. Hmm. Well, this figures as much. Let's just get out of this desert and see what happens, I said, as I unfolded lightning. I'm for that. Got nothing to lose, I guess, Aurora said. But that's just the thing. Whatever god that ensures folks get what's coming to them, the great leveler, the ad accountant in the sky, make sure that just when you get to thinking you have nothing to lose, you find out you really do. Dun, dun, dun. Lightning, what's the nearest town? Hmm, The nearest town? I'll check my maps. Minutes passed. Sorry, guys, there's nothing around within a 60-mile radius. Wow. Well, just take us in the direction of the castle in Tartek, And we'll find a forest or something along the way. As long as we get out of the desert, we'll find something. Got it. After a time, lightning beeped. Logan, look ahead. There's a castle coming up on my maps. Just popped into view as we got a little closer. Hope the desert isn't playing tricks on me. Well, I'm not seeing it yet, but we should probably check it out. We need food and water, I said. The castle certainly could have been a mirage. The closer and closer we came, the more out of place it seemed. There were no surrounding houses or buildings. The thick walls and turrets were all made of black stone, which immediately struck me as being unusual. You would have thought the castle would have been made of lighter stones to reflect the strong rays of the sun. We alighted at the entrance, and I folded up lightning and put her in my pocket. Before we could even call out a greeting, a giant wooden drawbridge lowered over a sandy moat to let us in. Interesting welcome, I commented. I was suspicious, but... I'd encountered a lot of suspicious things over the course of this trip. The drawbridge closed behind us. Not good. Inside was completely black, and I took Aurora's hand so we wouldn't get separated. Our eyes adjusted gradually to the darkness, which was stiflingly hot. Beads of sweat gathered on my head and forehead. We walked slowly down what looked like a giant deserted hall. I couldn't see the floor well, but our footsteps sounded crisp reverberating off the stone around us. Then, an icy cold wind swirled around the bottom of the floor. It initially felt great, but given how out of place it seemed, it was disconcerting. Aurora tightened her grip on my hand. It was about now I started to get a feeling this wasn't really a good idea. I swear, I think I must have been dropped on my head as a baby or something, because part of the brain that warns you of dangerous situations seemed to work extra slow in mine. Logan, look, Aurora said in a whisper. Deep within the shrouds of darkness, a pair of scarlet red eyes shone at us like rubies flashing in the sun, the same one that Aurora described in the last fortress of the Earth. I looked to the left, another scarlet pair of eyes. They moved closer. Suddenly, the pair uh, suddenly, the eyes seemed to multiply in the darkness. There were hundreds of pairs looking at us, moving toward us. I regret to try it nervously in my left hand. Suddenly, there was a flash of blinding smoke ahead of us, and we fell. I lost my grip on Aurora's hand, and when we recovered, someone was standing above us. I looked up, tall, large, with broad shoulders and arms folded across an expansive chest. The figure was dark and robed. I couldn't see a face, but got the feeling I didn't want to. Welcome. I have been expecting you here for a long time. The sight of the dark figure sent a tingle up my spine that, as you may have guessed, happened a lot during this trip, and I scurried to my feet and looked for Aurora, seeing her silhouette not far away. Who are you? That is none of your concern right now. What is important is that you have completed your quest. Why did you know about that? I know about many things. Those men, the one with the red eyes in the last fortress of the earth, you sent them, didn't you? I asked. The robed figure chuckled softly. Yes. Yes, I did. Just to check on your progress. Now I assume you know the secret to eternal life. I gathered what confidence I, I, I had and replied... The secrets for King the IV of Tartek, if you want it, why don't you ask him? I do admit to feeling like a tool saying that, but give me a break. It's all I could think of at the time. The robed figure laughed deeply. His laugh, laughter echoed through the room. That's a good one for the IV. Shaking his head, he said, Well, let's just say I could make it very worth your while if you told me first. Servants. Several of the dark figures with red eyes approached out of the shadows. Up close, they weren't quite as scary, as long as he didn't look directly at their eyes. The royal figure whispered something to his servants, and they scurried away like little mice. They returned with a giant chest that looked very heavy. The sound of the chest hitting the floor echoed off the stone walls. They opened it to reveal a huge mound of gold coins and sparkling gems. "'This is only one such chest filled with the earth's treasures. I have hundreds more. They mean nothing to me, but they would make you a very rich man, even richer, I grant you, than your king.' They could all be yours if you give me the secret to eternal life. I don't want your money, I said cautiously. The figure stiffened and said, Reconsider, Logan. I'm not used to receiving no as an answer. Thanks, but no thanks. You're making a big mistake, Logan, said the figure gravely. You may have noticed by by now I don't take very well to being ordered around. Looking back, it's been a failing of mine that has gotten me into trouble over the years, It would have been so easy now for me to say yes. What did it matter to me? But something about his impatient authoritarian authoritarian manner annoyed me and brought out the stubbornness of my childhood. This guy was just like Darian and Aaron, may he rest in peace, and all the others that pushed me around throughout my life. I was used to people like this using me as a doormat, and I was getting tired of it. I said no, I said firmly. All right, if that's the way you want it, maybe you won't tell me now, but you will. I have ways. Guards! Two huge muscle-bound men carrying battle axes approached from the shadows and bowed to the robed figure. Seize the girl! Run, Aurora, I shouted, but it was too late. And seize the boy, too! He's getting on my nerves! Bring the girl to me. Hey, take it easy, shouted Aurora, as the huge hulking man grabbed Aurora and dragged her, kneeling before the robed figure. All I could do do was stand helplessly, feeling like an idiot, as two more of the huge guards pinned my arms and ripped the trident from my hands with so much force that I wondered if they'd broken my wrists. They wore black hoods over their heads, so I couldn't see their faces. I'll wager they probably weren't friendly, and they also smelled like they hadn't taken a bath in ages, although it wasn't my place to talk. I bent over. He, he bent over Aurora and tilted her chin up to meet his gaze. Perhaps your friend Logan won't talk, but I have ways. Her face turned pale and she fell backwards. "'What do we have to do with you?' stuttered Aurora, struggling in the guard's grip. "'Oh, you have everything to do with me,' the figure began. "'I need the answer, the secret to eternal life. "'You found it. I need it. "'It's what will grant me the freedom that was taken from me so long ago. "'You mean just knowing it, that's all?' "'There was a pause. "'Tell me the secret and everything will be fine. "'I'm sure your king won't care if someone gets a little advance notice. "'You tell me what I need to know.' and you get to go on your merry way. I didn't really believe him, but I wasn't sure what else to do. There were too many guards to fight, and there was no uh, readily visible way to escape. If I could get on lightning, maybe I'd have a chance in the air until we crashed into something in this confined space. And what about Aurora? No, that was a lousy plan. There was one I figured that was worth a try. I could sacrifice the scroll the Dreamweaver had given us, it probably wasn't the answer this guy was looking for, but it might buy us some time, especially if you were distracted. If I could pull out a knife along with the scroll, who knew what kind of mayhem could ensue? So, I explained, I needed to get to my pockets. Unfortunately, as quickly as the guards' vice-like hands released me so I could pull out the scroll, they clamped down again. A dark figure grabbed the scroll out of my hand greedily and opened it. A deep, guttural laugh came from his throat and he fell back on his throne. "'Oh, last, after all these years, thank you, my boy. "'Now I have all I need. "'Guards, get rid of this boy and bring the girl here.' "'Oh, not good for me,' that's in Aurora's voice. "'I knew it! "'I said a lot of bad words,' this is in Logan's voice, "'and started struggling with the guards "'like there was no tomorrow. i had almost broken free when the figure spoke again,' "'switched back to Aurora. "'I wasn't listening to what this lunatic was saying. "'There was an empty feeling in my stomach, "'and my arms were beginning to cramp up "'from the guards' crushing grip "'and my continual efforts to wriggle free.' My eyes started left and right, trying to find an exit, a possible way out of this mess. I couldn't see in back of me, but I had a vague idea where the guard's legs were. If I could kick them, then Logan might have a chance. Back to Logan. Logan, Logan, what did you really expect from me? After all these years, why should I trust anyone? So why bother to struggle? You'll just die tired. Besides, your little friend won't come to any harm. I'll make sure of that. I told him to go fornicate himself. He laughed. Now, what did you think I was going to do to her? Sacrifice, torture, rape... Well, thoughts did cross my mind. No, Logan, I am very much the gentleman. No harm will come to her. She will have the very best care. I've been watching this one. She can help me win my plan. And who knows? I was never promised a bride. Perhaps this one will do. I almost fainted right there. I looked over at Aurora. Her face was whiter than I'd seen it. There had to be a way out of this. Back to Aurora. Better do something now before this goes any further. Back to Logan. He must have seen my stunned look because... Even though I couldn't see his face, I sensed he was grinning. Better do something now. Come on, Logan. Think, think, think. The Guards have axes. If only I could... But you, my boy, you're a problem. If I let you go, who knows if you'll somehow spoil my plan. Guards! Kill him! No! shouted Aurora, and she drove an elbow back into one of the guard's ribs. He grunted, but didn't budge. And when when she tried to kick her leg back into his groin, he only lifted her high in the air in a clean military press. With all my strength, I shouted and burst free. I drove a sidekick into the hip of one of the guards, elbowed the other in the ribs, grabbed one of the battle axes from the fallen guards, and ran to swipe at the guard holding Aurora. Then there was a blinding light and I couldn't move. My arms were pinned over my head, my head locked in position and the shout coming out of my mouth was suddenly muted. Though my mouth stayed open, I tried to close my eyes, but they wouldn't move. I was frozen. Well, Logan, that should hold you. And what have we here? This is a touching situation. How are you up there, Aurora? Ah, screw you, she yelled. Ooh, she is a perky one, isn't she? Well, how about this, Logan? I won't kill you. I think, Logan, if the situation there had been different, I think we could have been friends i like your spirit in many ways you have reminded me of my brother that bastard that trapped me here so i'm going to test you it'll be an interesting experiment you'll live but you may wish you hadn't guards throw him in the dungeon and servants bring her to me his laugh echoed across the vaulted room aurora my newly found voice came out as a whisper and my heart ached as if i heard aurora calling my name as she too was dragged away Slowly, my muscles regained sensation, signaled by a burning tingling, just like they had woken from sleep. In their lethargy, all I could do was watch as the guards picked me up and dragged me away. It was as if the spell knocked the fight from my spirit as well as from my body. I felt totally defeated, worn out, and didn't think I'd have the heart to put up a struggle even if I were physically capable of doing so. Ooh, that's a doozy of a uh, an ending for Logan, isn't it? And of course, that's, of course, the book goes on. Uh, that's that's certainly not the end of the book, but that is the end of the chapter. And that's where we're stopped for, uh, for this week. So that is when Logan thinks that the quest is done, but it really is not. And he gets thrown in the can for a while, which is in fact, well, a time when he does a lot of thinking and things turn around a little bit for him, both good and bad. So that's what happens sometimes. That's a little section from the 13th hour. And the, the bad guy that, uh, who... In some ways maybe isn't so bad but he's certainly not good <laughs> his name is clax and he comes back later uh, in the book i think he would actually make a really cool action figure uh, i've thought about making an action figure of him he was envisioned as uh basically a black knight so a big huge guy who's who also happens to be a wizard so he's sort of doubly sort of double trouble uh, he has a huge uh, curved sword with spikes coming out of the handle and he's got horns on his head and he's got a cape. He has a, in the visor, like the eye slit, it's uh, sort of red, like ruby red. So he's a very menacing figure and uh, he is a very, I, I think would be a very cool design to actually make. And perhaps I will make him. One of the figures that I have planned uh, is, is, of course, Logan in a multi-articulated form. The experiment with the Rocketeer as the in sort of the G.I. Joe style form was kind of the first foray into that. Or I guess I guess not. I guess the um, the character is actually technically Logan's father, uh, the Hunter from Shadow and the Moonlight, was actually the first foray into that. Well, that was using a different figure. The the Rocketeer ones that I mentioned, I'm uh, making this cover for it, and uh, and so forth. That particular style of figure, I would like to do a Logan of, and I have one. I I haven't found a great base figure to do an Aurora of because I I have the. I did figures of both Logan and Aurora in, in a five points of articulation style, um, and that's the sort of the cover art that I've been working on for some time. That's my least favorite part, as you can't tell. That's what part that takes so long, because uh, I find it the most tedious. But I wanted to do a multi-articulated form of it, uh, just like I did for these Rocketeer figures. And... Uh, so I have those two, but I thought it might be interesting to do some others and branch out to some of these other characters. Maybe some of the other rangers, uh, just as I've done for the, the D&D campaigns. Or someone like King Darian or Clax, I think would be kind of fun to, to do. And so Klax in particular would require a, a bigger figure because he's just much more physically imposing. So I've been using uh, like three and three-quarter inch figures for that. So I'm thinking that maybe... I might use maybe a six-inch figure or like a five-inch figure or something like that, because in terms of scale, it is isn't much—he's much just much more physically imposing. It would be a little bit weird if it were also four inches tall, uh, or three, three and you know, three and three quarters, uh, because it it isn't really like that in the in the book. That's that's the one that I haven't really found something like that. But it would be a very fun figure, I think, to make and to to sculpt. And in some ways, it might be a fairly easy figure to do because he would basically be all black. It would be like the the one that I did for the Hunter. Or I never had this, this toy, but I think, if I recall correctly, Darth Vader in the original Kenner Star Wars line, like the 70s one, I think it was basically all black, all black plastic. And I don't think he was actually that much bigger. I think he was... In par with the scale of the others, although was he physically taller in the movie? I, I think he was more imposing. I don't re, I don't remember exactly, but it, it would be interesting to kind of kind of experiment with scale like that. At this particular point in the story, Logan is a little bit taller than Aurora. The, the roles were reversed when they were younger, and Logan was shorter, and then he hit a growth spurt and he became taller. Uh, and so, I have yet to find. I've yet to find a character or like a, 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 um, a one for Aurora that I can work with more easily. The, f- the female, uh, I mean, there's less female figures to begin with and female figures tend to be, they either tend to be sort of like uh, almost shaped like Barbies and that they're sort of willow thin. And then the proportions are very odd, you know, really super narrow waist and uh, almost elongated, like their legs got stretched out or something like that. It's very weird. It, it's not so much the case with male figures. Uh, they they're just sort of like they look like they've been gone through several rounds of steroids or something like that for some of them. but but in terms of scale, they're not necessarily uh, odd in that way. but for female figures it's it's kind of weird. so i've've I have a few possibilities and I'm gonna experiment with them So we'll see. but uh, that's the section from the 13th hour. So uh, I may do this again doing a random reading. Thanks so much for listening. I will talk to you guys in the future. Hey, a couple last minute things before you go. Thanks for listening to this show. If you liked it, you can find many more on the website 13thhr.wordpress.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. You can often find behind-the-scenes information about this show and other things that I do on social media, such as Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You'll see links to those in the show notes. Sometimes people will ask me, how can I help contribute to the show or other things that, that I do? And probably one of the easiest ways is by going over to Facebook and looking up the Facebook group called 13th Hour Arts. And it's a place for not only to discuss these kinds of things, but also... For you to share your own creative process and the things that you're doing that bring meaning to your life. You can also do things that are entirely free, such as leaving a review for a book, music, this particular podcast, share it with friends, subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform, email me, w-r-i-t-e-j-o-s-h u A B-L-U-M at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your suggestions and comments. You can also leave a one-time donation over at Coffee, and that's K-O-F-I-Slash. 13TH HR. It's basically like a virtual tip jar, kind of like the sort of thing like a piano player might have at a bar or something like that. For a small amount, you can also leave a donation on a monthly basis at Patreon, and that helps bring new things to this particular show and to support future projects. And that's at 13th Hour Arts. It's also a place for patrons to Share their own creative process and the things that bring inspiration and meaning to them. I hope by sharing a little bit of the creative process in this particular show, it gets people to cultivate that aspect of their own life and to remember that those things are important, even if you are an adult and you may not have time for it. Hopefully, by paying attention to those aspects in your own life, you remember your own dreams and aspirations and help create a world and make a world that you want to be in. And at the end of the day. That's sort of what the 13th Hour is about. So thanks as always for listening, and I'll talk to you guys next week.